Glean Podcast. Uh, y'all gonna have to bear with me just a little bit. I'm running the steering the ship tonight, and uh, I'm learning the controls as I go. But uh, we're glad you're here with us tonight. And uh, just a reminder for everybody that for the rest of the month of October that we'll be on Thursday nights due to some conflicting schedule uh, issues. And then in November, we'll go back to Wednesday nights. But tonight, we want to talk about what it costs to be a Christian. A lot of people think that you can just get saved and and, uh, then it's a bed of roses and there's no more trouble and you just go on living life. But but it does cost to be a believer, and especially in the last days that we're living in, now more than ever that you need to count the cost and decide, am I going all in to serve God and give him everything, or or am I going to pick and choose what it is I want to have in my life under my control, and what do I want God to have control of? But uh, we've got a special guest in here with us tonight. We've got my brother, Big Phil, <laughs> and uh, he's going to be in here with us tonight. Him and Dad are going to be sitting at the table, and uh, we're just going to kick this off. We're going to have a good time in the Holy Ghost and hope that you learn something from it. But uh, in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, or chapter 16, verses 24 through 26, Jesus said to the disciples, whoever wishes to deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So we see that Jesus tells his disciples that they have to deny theirself. One version says to count the cost. So there's a cost to being a Christian or a disciple of Jesus it, you know, it's more than just coming to church. There's things in your life that you have to be willing to let go of. Some may not even be a, a sin. It's just things that God may say, you know, you don't need that anymore. You you need to let me have control of that. And, um, you know, I like I said earlier, in these last days, there's a lot of false teaching, a lot of things going on where people are beginning to, understand or think that well i can live this way and and it's okay and then when god don't do things in their life they get frustrated but it's because they've not given themselves fully to the to jesus and uh you know it, it's like i told a fellow one time i said you know you you can't put open up a bank account and and put 500 dollars in it and wait a week and try to go do uh do a withdrawal of five thousand you get out of the word of God, you get out of a uh, uh, Christian life, what you're willing to put in it. And in a nutshell, you know, and that's, that's saying what you're willing to surrender to Christ and let go of determines how far in Christ you'll go. So at this time, we're going, we're going to switch over to the square table. It's, it's not a round table, square table. <laughs> and, uh, we'll let pop start this off and, uh, put his two cents worth in on, what it costs to be a Christian. Well, first of all, you know, it, it does cost uh, to live the Christian life. In the Bible, First Peter chapter 3, I believe it is, in verse 12, uh, that he said, you know, uh, that they that will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. So 
you know, whenever you uh, profess to be a Christian and, uh, you know, tell people that you have accepted Christ as your Savior and uh, you're doing your best to serve him, uh, there's, there's going to be people that will make fun of that. They will mock you and uh, they will look for you to fail. Uh, I remember when I first uh, got saved and, of course, uh, wasn't long after that till God began to deal with me about uh, preaching the gospel. And uh, I would, uh, you know, use about every spare moment that I had to study the Word of God, to prepare myself, really, because I, I thought, how in the world am I going to preach when I don't even know anything about the Bible? I just knew I was born again. But uh, my, sometimes my wife would go down to the cafe and, uh, you know, get us uh, something to eat, a hamburger <coughs> or something, you know. And uh, there was a friend of ours that, uh, you know, I had run around with some before I was saved, pulled up beside of her and uh, started talking to her and asked her where I was. And she said, well, he's at home studying. And, uh, oh, and they said, oh, said, well, said, I guess that's a good thing if it lasts, mm -hmm. you know. They, they wasn't expecting, <laughs> you know, me to last long the way I had, you know, lived before that. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's lasted nearly, well, actually it's lasted about 50 years. <laughs> Matter of fact, back in uh, May the 27th of this year, uh, was 50 years ago when I got born again, and thank God it's lasted. But, uh, yes, uh, you know, there's, there's a cost to serving God. But at the same time, uh, while, you know, there's things that uh, you may be persecuted for, taking a stand for what you believe, whether it's popular. A lot of time, you it's know, not. what you believe is not popular with everybody else. Uh, but, you know, you have to stand, <clears throat> be willing to stand and take persecution, uh, you know, for uh, Jesus, irregardless of what people think. I know when we first... Uh, started the church uh you know people were saying oh it won't last it's a fly by night you know they're not founded on the right thing you know well the only thing i knew to found the church on was the gospel of jesus christ you know uh but you know thank god we we endured that uh persecution and uh you know people making fun of us about our belief and so forth but, you know, I've never really been ashamed of anything that uh, we teach, anything that we believe. One of the things in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, was uh, what I have based uh, the ministry and my life on all these years is Romans chapter 1, verse 16. The Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation mm -hmm. to them that believe, to the Jew first and then also to the Greek. So we, we should never, as a child of God, be ashamed <clears throat> of our faith in him and 
uh, his death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection, uh, you know, and his healing power, uh, the fact that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit as on the day of Pentecost, and uh, that we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And also we believe in, uh, you know, the intimate return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we should never be ashamed of those things. And, uh, you know, as I said, yes, there, there is a cost to serving God. I know, uh, I guess the reason that uh, I've done it the way I did uh, uh, as far as uh, preparing myself and studying, I always gave up my Saturday nights. Uh, I always wanted to be with God on that night. And, uh, you know, maybe I'd already got some thoughts in my heart through the week or something God may have wanted me to preach on, but I would want to spend that time making sure that what I had was from God. I, I didn't want to be preaching something that just because I wanted to say something. I, I wanted to know in my heart that I had the mind of God on what, uh, you know, that I should share. And uh, I believe when we, you know, give ourselves to uh, God like that, uh, what he gives us to speak on would be what he would speak on if he were here in in the physical body. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, you have to follow that. Uh, you have to follow what you know God has put within you in your heart. Uh, but, you know, uh, there there's uh, a lot of things that uh, I know as a, a baby Christian, uh, I can't do anymore. It was, it's like you said at the beginning. It uh, may not have been necessarily a sin that I was in or anything, but sometimes after a period of growing in grace and in the knowledge of God's Word, uh, God would speak to me, not, not audibly, but I would hear it down in my spirit. And he'd say, now, son, you don't need that anymore. Mm -hmm. In other words, I had grown enough and matured enough that I, I could could not keep acting like a baby, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we may talk a little more about that as we go on. But, uh, you know, the Bible talks about uh, spiritual growth and, and compares it to physical growth. Uh, in Second Peter chapter two, or First Peter chapter two, rather, verse two, he said, "As babes in Christ, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby." So, I don't care, you know, if you're fifty years old when you get saved, you're considered a babe in Christ. Why? Because you're newborn. Mm -hmm. You 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 haven't lived for God long enough. Uh, you know, and you may act like a baby in a lot of ways. And I, I think sometimes <laughs> churches have been full of old babies, <clears throat> you know, because they, uh, you know, hadn't got their way and maybe somebody said something that hurt her feeling. But, you know, I made a commitment to God when he called me to preach the gospel that I was going to preach his word as he revealed it to me and as I uh, learned, I was taught, uh, 
you know, I, I went, uh, I didn't leave the church to go uh, to college or Bible college, but I enrolled in a correspondence, three-year correspondence school and studied the Bible and read after uh, great men of God who have gone on before us, uh, you know, and uh, I learned, learned a lot by listening to them, studying what they believed and taught from the Bible and searching it out for myself. Uh, you know, you, you, uh, you can't just take something because uh, some preacher said it. Now, uh, it's good, you know, that you have confidence in your pastor that he's going to teach you the right thing or whoever you're listening to. Uh, but you can't take it just because they say it. Right. One of the things that I would do uh, is I would search the <clears throat> scriptures to see if what they were saying lined up with what the Bible said. Mm -hmm. If it did, I, I accepted yep. it. But if it didn't line up with it, you know, <laughs> I'd say, wait a minute. He, he was off right there a little bit. What he said don't line up with God's word. Mm -hmm. And the Bible tells us that if what somebody is saying don't line up with God's word, let that man be a liar and let God's word be so. And uh, then uh, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, he talked about, said, when I was a child, you know, you, you grow up, you start out as a baby, and all you can do is just crawl around and say, God, 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 and dad, 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 and all like that. But, you know, he said, when I was a child, I spake like a child. So when they get older, they start learning how to pronounce words. Usually, uh, one of the first things they say is mama, you know. Mm -hmm. I guess because usually mama's the one that's with them the most. And they'll sometimes it might be dada, you know. They, they're around daddy, and they'll start calling him daddy, dada, uh, and like that. And they learn to talk, uh, you know, from the parents and uh, maybe grandparents and whatever. And uh, they then they'll start trying to walk. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't get up and walk five miles the first time they try. Mm -mm. They, they make a lot of mistakes and they, they fall down and you pick them back up and dust them off and say, you know, and back away from them and they'll, they'll try to get to you, you know. And, but after a while, they learn. They learn how to balance. They learn how to, to walk. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, as their muscles develop and their strength develop, they, they even learn how to run. And, and, uh, and, you know, it gets to a point where they'll almost get into anything, you know. And, uh, but Paul said, when I was at 1 Corinthians 13, he said, when I was a child, I speak as a child, but when I become a man. Mm -hmm. So you see, he's comparing spiritual growth to natural, uh, growth. natural growth. And he said, but when I become a man, I put away childish things. Yep. And uh, so we, we see that in the word. And there's, as you grow in God, there'll be times when God will say to you, uh, you know, like, well, now, Philip, you, you don't need that anymore. Right. You've grown. You've mm -hmm. developed your spiritual life. 
you you need to put away that's kind of childish you need to put that away you know and uh, you know you learn you don't get your way every time you know and uh, you you have to learn how to put that aside and uh, as i started to say i i made up my mind i'm going <clears throat> i'm going to serve god regardless of what anybody else does you see uh, they didn't die for me. Right. So whether they like me or don't like me, uh, persecute me or whatever, uh, it doesn't make any difference. I'm not going to give up on God mm -hmm. because he had not give up on me. Uh, what What's some of your thoughts along that line? Well, I know I can attest to uh, what you were talking about, you know, growing up, me and Wesley both being kids. I can remember being a little boy and, I'd come home from school and want to play baseball or throw a football or something. And I'd, I'd go in and daddy'd be sitting on the recliner reading his Bible. And <laughs> I remember telling mama, is that all he ever does is read his Bible? You know, <laughs> as a little kid, you know, I was wanting you to come out. Most yeah. of the time, if I would ask you, you would put your Bible up and you'd come out and we'd throw baseball or do whatever we had to do. So, uh, I know you used to uh, study a lot and, uh, it's like you was talking about when you're a, when you first become saved, you 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 have to grow in God, and I know in my own life there've been a lot of times that I've I felt that small voice in my mm -hmm. spirit say, "Now, Philip, you don't need that no more. Mm -hmm. You need to stop it." And it don't necessarily mean I could stop it right then. And it's like you said, not even um, it being something that was real bad like a sin you was having mm -hmm. trouble with, but just everyday things that you go through in life, you have to learn to uh, uh, deal with it and grow in it and, mm -hmm. and cast those thoughts that enter your, uh, you know, your mind away. And uh, <clears throat> I've always looked at it like if, uh, you know, I've heard you say, and I think Kenneth Hagin made the comment, you can't help a bird flying over your head, but you don't have to allow it to build a nest there. Mm -hmm. So, I've always looked at it like our, you know, if, if we go through each and every day, I believe in starting my day out praying, asking God to help me, help me to become a better person, help me to be more Christ-like, help me with every area of my life. I, I pray for my wife. I ask God to bless us in our marriage and my kids. I, I pray over them. I just pray for things that come on my mind. And uh, I know that uh, you you say that prayer and you feel good because I think I've prayed for the day. Today's going to be good, but they still days where I'm like, you know, today was one of them. I made an hour and a half trip today to do something on a job site, got there and couldn't even get on the job because they had ditches dug across the road. Mm -hmm. So we had to turn all the way back and I actually needed to be somewhere else this morning doing something, but I stopped <laughs> yeah. that and went and done that. And, you know, I had a temptation there to get aggravated with the with the guy we was doing the job with, but it's like, don't worry about it. It's going to be all right. Everything's going to be fine. And ended up having a good day. But if I look at it like your, your mind is the door to your heart, you know, when you have a bad thought or a ill will towards somebody or going down the road on the highway and getting mad, you know, you can let a bad thought enter your mind. And if it enters your mind for a minute and you have that thought, it's a temptation then. But if the door to your heart, if your mind guards your heart, you have the choice to say, well, am I going to let that thought enter my heart mm -hmm. or am I going to cast it away? And me personally, they've been a lot of times I've, 
I've failed and I ended up thinking on it or making a bad decision about something. And then mm -hmm. I know you've heard me say uh, a thousand times probably, uh, I know I used to come to you a lot in the when we would burn wood, you know, in barrels and stuff, and we'd stand around fires for hours, and I'd ask you questions and questions and questions, and you'd sit there and listen to us, and I was wanting you to give me some great revelation and give me some word that was going to make me <laughs> yeah. feel better, and you sit there and nodded your head the whole time we were talking, and then all of a sudden I'd get quiet, and I'd say, well, and you'd say, well, the Bible says when you've done all you know to do, stand. I'm like, I've been a standing. That ain't what I wanted you to tell me, but it's actually God's <laughs> yeah. word. So, yeah. uh, you know, you have to stand on what God's word says. And before you realize it, the things that you used to have trouble with or the things that used to bother you, if you, if you continue to cast those thoughts away, the next thing you know, a few weeks or a few months has went by and you're like, hey, that don't bother me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I know this sounds silly, but, you know, the Bible tells us to obey the laws of the land. And mm -hmm. I used to be bad to drink a drink or eat a cracker or something and throw the paper out the window. I can't do it no more. Every mm -hmm. time I start to throw trash out my window, the Holy Spirit will check me and say, mm -hmm. now, Philip, you shouldn't do that. That's littering, and mm -hmm. that's not obeying the laws of the land. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, it might sound funny uh, to, to you, but everybody that may be listening now, and I'm sure you and Wesley have different things in your life that you like, all right, you don't need to do that no more, mm -hmm. Steve. You don't need yeah. to do that no more, Wesley. You need to put that away. So um, we have to cast those thoughts down, and we have to deny simple thoughts to enter our life. And once you said, like, when you when you are dealing with thoughts that come to your mind, if you, if you starve those thoughts long enough, sooner or later they die, mm -hmm. and it gets easier and easier. And um, I know a lot of people think in the Christian life if you – once you get saved and you live for Christ, everything is just smooth and hunky dory, and you don't have no problems. But Christians still go through things sure. that uh, uh, sinful people go through or people that don't live for God. But um, at least as a Christian, you have God to rely on. You have God's Word. To, and I know numerous times we could talk for weeks and weeks about times that you and Mom have believed God for different things. And... Uh, even me, and I'm sure even Wesley, and I, and I know especially um, me and Wesley, I, I can remember growing up a little boy and people saying things like, that, you want to see what that Philip was doing or how Wesley was acting mm -hmm. or if them's preacher's kids. And even though you would find them out and if, if it was something that you called us doing, you would get on to us and correct us. But I always remember you saying to me, I'm not accepting that as the final verdict. Mm -hmm. because I've chose to speak words. So, like I said, even as a small boy, you grow up, and y'all always was able to set the right example in front of us. Uh, it, it helps you to mature in God and learn that, you know, it. you have to just cast those thoughts down because it's an everyday thing. You, you know, Paul said, I have to uh, mm -hmm. crucify my flesh daily. Yeah. So look, look at the things that Paul accomplished in the word of God. If Paul had to do it, then surely I would have to do it. You know? Yeah. But, but, um, that's just kind of the way I see it and, mm -hmm. uh, how it helps me get through each and every day. So, yeah, well, uh, like I've, I've been in it over 50 years and I still have to cast down thoughts. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know if you ever yeah. get to a place where you, uh, you know, somebody may, 
say something about you or your family. <laughs> and, you know, we're human. Uh, we, we, you know, you can say whatever you want to about me and it don't matter much. Yeah. But when you start talking about my wife or my children, my grandchildren, now, that's a different story. Well, that's what I was thinking. You know, you, you might know. <laughs> not mind if somebody says something about you, but if I'm standing around, I'm thinking, oh, boy, you about a second or two from leaving this place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and you have those thoughts. Uh, but like you said, that's just nature. Everybody yeah. has to deal yeah. with the... Uh... Uh, I was thinking about this, too. I, I remember uh, one, one thing, too. You know, when I got saved... Uh, course uh you know god delivered me instantly from alcohol and uh but you know the guys that i used to mess around with i i didn't want them to think that i thought i was better than them right and so i would still uh you know go in and see them talk to them you know we could talk about bird hunting i used to like the bird hunt years ago and uh, maybe fishing or fixing an old car or something, mm -hmm. you know. But after a while, I, I'm wanting to talk about Jesus, <laughs> you know, uh, because the Bible says, you know, in Second Corinthians five seventeen, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Mm -hmm. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Uh, and and so I was new on the inside. Uh, I always kidded, you know, you, your spirit man, the man on the inside is what comes to know God. And, uh, you know, uh, your body's still the same. You have still have your flesh to deal with. You still have your mind, your thought life to deal with. Uh, I think that's why Paul said in Romans 12, uh, verses 1-2, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, mm -hmm. that you present your bodies. You see, your body hadn't been saved yet. Right. <laughs> you still got that old flesh body to deal with. And he said, you need to present your body, uh, you know, to Christ. It, and and uh, he said, and which is it, please, pleasing unto God, you know, said, uh, you know, to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, uh, Paul said too in writing to the Corinthian church, he said, uh, you're not your own, you're bought with a price. Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard people say, well, there ain't nobody tell me what to do. I'm my own man, you know. <laughs> no, if you're born again, you're you don't, you don't, you belong to belong Christ. To Christ. You say, you're bought with a price. And he said, that it only then is reasonable if Christ paid a price for you to be born again, it only makes sense that you give yourself to him. Mm -hmm. That's not always easy because your flesh still wants to do things that it used to do, you know. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to discipline your flesh. And then he said, be not conformed to this world. In other words, don't be like the world. Yeah. Everybody said, well, you know, if you don't kind of compromise a little bit and, uh, you know, not be so hard on this Christianity business, they call it, uh, you know, you, you won't hurt, you know, offend them or anything. Well, no, we, 
we have to renew our minds to the word of God. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how do you renew your mind? To thank God's thought Mm -hmm. by studying his word. But uh, I found out, you know, as I would go around my buddies, you know, and I I still liked them. I still like them to this day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, but I found out, you know, after I'd be around them a little while, I mean, after I've bird hunted and fished and (laughs) worked on a car or something, I'm wanting to talk to them about Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you know, when you're a new person, Jesus is on the inside of us in the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you you can't help it. If it's right. in you, it wants come to out. come out. Yep. And uh, I could tell it was making them feel uncomfortable. Right. But I didn't want them to think that I thought I was better than them. I just, I just wanted them to know the same Jesus I knew. Mm-hmm. And then one, one morning, I, I don't know why it was like this, but one morning, as uh, soon as I opened my eyes, I woke up. The Lord spoke to me, and he said, Now, Steve, who's it going to be, me or them? Well, I didn't have to think long because yeah. I said, Well, Lord, you're the one that died for me. And so gradually I I began to have to kind of pull back. It's not that, like I said, it, it wasn't that I thought I was better than them I, because I what? The only difference was I knew Jesus, and at that time they didn't. You right. know? And uh, But... Uh, uh, I I just, you know, I found out God began to bring new people into my life. Yeah. And uh, so when you, uh, you know, people that knew Jesus mm-hmm. and, I, and they could encourage me and help me, yeah. uh, did you find that, uh, you know, when you, uh, after you'd been saved a little bit, that you, you could still be friends with those guys but you couldn't be buddies with them, uh, you know, like you used to. Yeah, or you would still try to hang around them a little bit, and yeah, uh, things might be going on that you knew wasn't right, and yeah. that you needed to clean up in your life because you had been saved. Yeah, and you would feel uncomfortable being there, or, you know, and and go through things like that. And I I can testify to what you were talking about by. You know, a lot of the guys that you used to hang out with, I I know them, mm-hmm. and I hung out with their kids when I was young, and I would hear hear them tell stories, and I'm like, man, boy, my daddy was crazy when he was young. How did he turn <laughs> yeah. out to be a preacher? And I I can honestly say that I, several of them that I know here that you still see a lot, they every one of them at one time or the other has said, well, Philip said, we I respect the choice that your dad made, he said, uh, and I know that uh, he has done the right things in his life, and we respect the decision he made. Even had one of them tell me one time, said, I wish I'd have been more like him. And um, I was thinking to myself, uh, I'm sure because I know you, Wesley knows you, and people that are listening probably know if you're around my dad for any length of time, you can talk about football or golfing or you can talk about um, fishing or all kind of stuff. But before the conversation's over, something's going to come out about the world. I mean, even when you have days that 
the last thing you want to hear is something from the Word of God because you're just so frustrated. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I remember there have been times that I've came to you, and I refer to you a lot because you're the person in my life that I've always went to for advice when it comes to things of God. And, uh, I, you know, I've, I, I t I've talked to Mom about things like this. I knew either one of you would steer me in the right direction. And... Uh, They've been sometimes I might be spilling my being the the gut my guts about something and being aggravated and y'all y'all would start talking about something and start sharing a scripture and I'd be sitting there thinking <laughs> I don't I don't want to hear nothing about this I'm this ain't got nothing to do with the Bible or the Word but it's like you said you always respond with the Word of God what else yeah. can you give somebody but what the Word says yeah if uh if 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 they've been saved and they're struggling with the situation so yeah. Um, it, it just takes a lifetime to learn how to continue to do this each and every day. And I, I know I was thinking about when Christ was getting ready to go to the, the cross. You know, it said Peter, you know, paraphrasing, said, you know, no, Lord, no, Lord, that's, mm -hmm. you can't do that. You have to. And he rebuked Peter. Mm -hmm. And could you imagine being as close to God or uh, Jesus as Peter was and him rebuking you? And, and if I would have been Peter, I would have been thinking, but, Lord, you're my best friend. I don't want you to have to go to the cross. But mm -hmm. yet he knew that's what he had to do. Yeah. And then if you keep on reading, it said that he prayed and asked God, if you can take this cup from me. Mm -hmm. so, so it had to have been agonizing to him sure. and bothering him. Every day of his life he was thinking the thought would come across his mind, and I'm sure it was from the devil, and it would say, you're going to die. I'm going to kill you. Mm -hmm. And Jesus would have to deal with that thought because he said, if you can take this cup and let it pass from me, yeah. do it. But nevertheless, mm -hmm. let your will be done and mm -hmm. not mine. So mm -hmm. that's the way we have to approach, I believe, everyday life. And the things we have to deal with is, you know, we have to say, Lord, let your will be done today. And a, and a lot of people try to, um, I think they get confused about, bad things happening to people and they say well that was god's will for your life that irritates mm -hmm. me because the bible plainly says in james that every good and every perfect gift comes from the father above mm -hmm. so i've always tried to keep it simple if everything good comes from god then the only thing left would be something bad mm -hmm. and yeah. it said every good gift so if it's yeah. every it's almost like all they ain't no more mm -hmm. so good things come from god and bad things come from the devil because he still tries to cause us to, yeah. you know, to fail in life and be tempted. So um, you can't you can't blame God for your mistakes you make because mm -hmm. we have a choice to make. It's yeah. like I said, we have to guard our hearts, and uh, that's you know, like I said, something I deal with on a daily basis. I have to make sure, and I fail a lot. You know, I've told you before. I think I've asked God four hundred times this week to forgive me for making mistakes. <laughs> And sometimes, you know, and I'm sure you have, but um, I know, Wesley, they've been times that you said, Lord, it's Wesley again, and uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to have to ask you one oh, more yeah. time to forgive me <laughs> yeah. because I've messed up again. And you don't even feel worthy to even close your eyes and ask God to do nothing for you. But yet, the Bible says you, you can come to him at any time. Mm -hmm. There's never a time or anything you can do or anything you're going through that you can't go to Christ at any time and ask him to help you. He said, I will be there for you in time of need. Yeah. 
Yeah. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He might feel a million miles from you when you when you've messed up, but you can't let that thought in your mm-hmm. mind. You have to cast it down and say, I know I don't yeah. feel like it, but I know he's here. God help me. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I I'm gonna jump in here just for those listening. Salvation is free. Yeah. Salvation is a gift. Christ paid that debt. So salvation to accept Jesus, it doesn't cost you anything. But then to become a disciple of Christ, to follow Christ, it begins to cost you things mm. that at the the moment sometimes you may feel like, well, man, I don't want to do I, I enjoy that. But, you know, I think all three of us could attest and probably anybody that's walked with God any length of time, looking back, everything that I've lost or let go of for the sake of Christ, I've gained so much more because of his goodness and mercy. But I believe it's um, 1 Peter 1.16 where he says, uh, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Mm-hmm. Well, what does the word holy mean? It, it, if you look up the word holy, a lot of times I think we, we think because that word is used so much in reference to God and to Christ and, and, and you know, worship. Holy simply means other. And that's what we're supposed to be because he, like you were talking about earlier, it says, be ye not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed mm-hmm. by the renewing of our mind. So salvation is free. It doesn't cost us a thing. But as we begin to walk for Christ, we, we have to be other. We have to be noticeably different than yeah. the world. And not everybody in the world that sees us as different is going to like it. Mm-hmm. But you have to settle it in your mind. I, it, like you said, and I've said it from the pulpit of me and time, I don't care what people think because they didn't die for me. <laughs> Jesus died for me. So there's going to be those that don't like it. But then all those that, that see you and see you being other than what you were before, you know, now they're, they're drawn to you. They're drawn to the goodness of God through your life. And, I, you know, that's one of the things, one of the major costs of denying yourself or following Christ, taking up your cross, it is denying self. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's just like Jesus said, not my will be done, but Father, your will be done. You know, there's, even us as Christians, there's, there's ways I think God go- should do things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, God, you know, why didn't you do this? And God, you should do this. And God, if you'd use this person and God, if you'd allow me to do this, this would sure make like he don't know. But you see what we have to learn is it's not about my will, you know, and, and I've said it a million times coming down uh, the St. Martin road on Sunday mornings, especially the uh, mornings that I'm going to preach. You know, and I say it in all humility is, God, if you don't show up this morning, Holy Spirit, if you don't show up this morning, then I'm just going to turn around and go home because if it's just me by myself, these people's in trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, but we get to that place where now I look, Holy Spirit, if he asked me to do anything, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't care. You know, and that's why we've been talking about in these end times, this move of God, we're going to find out that the, the more you deny yourself, 
the easier it gets to deny yourself because denying oneself is just simply saying yes to God. Yeah. Not my will be done, but yours, you know, and I think people will be surprised that, uh, you may have some revivals breaking out in some shopping centers and gas stations and wherever else you may be. Why? Because when you deny yourself and God knows, Hey, I can ask them to do anything. He's going to ask you. Mm -hmm. And I'm you, you, the blessings that come with it, you know, uh, when I've, I've had people tell me that, you know, that, uh, I, when I've prayed with them or ministered to them, that, that it just changed their life and they don't fight with depression anymore. They don't fight with anxiety, different things like that. You know, that just thrills me. Why? Because that wasn't the old me. The old me didn't like to speak. The old me would have been shy talking on this camera. The old me would have never got in a platform or on a podium and preached the gospel. I wouldn't have sang, but the new me in Christ is totally different. Why? Because mm -hmm. like you said, what I script, I'm unashamed of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And the more you deny yourself, the more on fire you get for God. Sometimes it's as simple as when you're, you know, and I've been doing it before watching a TV show or a football game and be in the middle of it and excited. And all of a sudden I get a nudging on the inside, cut that off and go read, you know, cut that off and go pray. And somebody, well, yeah, but the ball game's on. no, deny yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and he's looking for those that's willing to deny everything about themselves, losing my identity and taking on the identity of Christ. Yeah. You know, if I, uh, just thinking back myself, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, I, I, I want to be a Christian, but you have to give up so much, you know, to serve Christ. But really, I've never given up anything that I wasn't sick of anyway. Right. That's right. I mean, I I was just tired of being uh, being tired, mm -hmm. I, uh, wore out and broke and busted and disgusted and all. That. Yeah. I was tired of that, you right. know. And uh, but I know it's uh, you know like you said a while ago, uh, you know, even though we may have walked with Christ for years. We, we still have to face temptation and everything just like everybody else. Uh, I think people th a lot of times have the idea that, well, you're a preacher, you know, you, you got it made. Mm -hmm. Well, in a sense, we do. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's a blessing. It's, it's a privilege, mm -hmm. an honor that God has selected me, you, Wesley, uh, an opportunity to share Christ with somebody, right? I mean, uh, you, I, I realize the responsibility of that. When I'm sharing Jesus with somebody, their life, eternal life, may be in the yeah. balance, you mm -hmm. know. And uh, so you want to be sure you're right with God, you right. know. But uh, you know, uh, even though we uh, still make mistakes, uh, I I've had. You know, people to tell me, well, if I could find a perfect church to go to, uh, <laughs> said they ain't nothing but a bunch of hypocrites, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I'd said, well, like one fella said one time, <laughs> somebody told him if they could find the perfect church they would go, 
said every church I've been in, they're a bunch of hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Well, they might have seen them fail, like mm-hmm. like we all do at times, uh, you know, and thought, well, they just a bunch of hypocrites. And this guy answered and said, well, I'd rather go to the church with a few hypocrites than to go to hell with all of them. Right. <laughs> so, so, you know, you, uh, you have to realize people's just people, and we make mistakes. We're human. But thank God for his mercy and his grace. Uh, you know, as I said, uh, it, it does cost something. You have to sacrifice things uh, to serve Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like you was talking about, you you might want to watch a ball game, or you might want to went to uh, somewhere and eat out or something like that. But uh, you know, like I said, a lot of Saturday nights, people has asked my wife and I to go out and eat with them. And, well, I can't tonight because usually my wife will tell said because uh, Steve does his studying on on Saturday night, mm-hmm. you know. And I do that. It it don't mean everybody has to do it like I but I do it because that's the way I got started. Right. And I just thought, well, I need to give that time to God. I may already know what I'm going to preach, <laughs> but I still spend that time going over the scripture, talking to God, asking God to help me, asking him to give me wisdom and so forth. But uh, going back to you know what you said about you know we still uh, fail we still make mistakes but uh, isn't it wonderful that the Bible says in First John one and nine if we confess our sin He's faithful and He's just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness mm-hmm. and and I thought if you take the un off of unrighteousness what do you have left? Righteousness. Righteousness. Yep. And so the Bible said he's faithful and he's just. That means he's right to forgive you mm-hmm. if you ask him to. Right. And uh, he goes on to say that if we say that we have no sin, then we do not the truth and we make him a liar. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm not accusing God <laughs> of being no liar. Yeah. You know, I might have lied, but he didn't. Right. You know? And uh, then in chapter 2, and verse 1, he said, Beloved, I, I've, and I've heard preachers say, Well, God wasn't talking to Christians over in that that verse. He's talking to sinners. Well, he wouldn't have called them beloved if, right. because when he says beloved, he's talking to his family, yeah, to his children. To the details. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he said, Beloved, I write these things to you that you sin not. Right. But if you do, you know, I think God knew we'd, we'd miss it. Like you said, sometimes you feel like 400 times in a week yeah, you yeah. had to say, uh, like, Lord, it's me again. Yeah. Well, I, I've even <clears> done, <throat> done it. this. I, I've even thought, well, mm-hmm. I could f- tell the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and saying, I could hear it clear as a bell in my spirit say, it's all right. Go ahead and ask me to forgive you. I will. You mm-hmm. will get this together. I'll help you. Mm-hmm. And I have went two and three days later because my hard head would think mm-hmm. I just I, I hate to ask him again. Mm-hmm. I, I, and it's crazy because I know what the word says, mm-hmm. but yet you, I guess sometimes uh, it, 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 our our nature or mine, 
I want to I want to do right. Mm-hmm. I want to be a good man. I want to be a successful person. I want to be somebody that um, y'all are proud of mm-hmm. that I turned into. Or I want to be a dad that my boys and my daughter is proud of and want to know that I set the right example. So, and, and I want to be the right person for my wife, a, a mm-hmm. good husband to her. And I know um, there's a, a lot of things you, we can improve on in life, but. At the end of the day, you you need to be that example. You need to, you know, there's a lot of examples I've set, <laughs> you know, in my life and done things that I wish I hadn't have done now. Oh, you I can't never been. take them yeah. back, but I, it's just like even asking God to forgive you. You can go to the people that you feel like you've let down and say, look, forgive me. I, I wasn't right mm-hmm. when I said it was okay to do this or okay to do that. And that's something else, too, that I think this day and time, now more than ever, is especially for our young people. We, we need to pray for them and ask God to help our young people because they, they're going through stuff and have to face a world that we didn't know existed, mm-hmm. uh, Wesley. You know, we're not that old, but there's a lot of stuff changed in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting to yeah. be old enough now I can talk about. Back then... You didn't have to mess with that, you know, all this transgender mess. And they try to pump stuff in our school systems that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we don't take a stand and believe, I know, uh, like I was saying earlier, you always would say, you know, I pray for my family. God, Mm -hmm. you're not going to have my children. Well, when I was little and I would hear you say that from the pulpit, I I would think, well, I ain't got nothing to worry about. My daddy's praying for me. Mm -hmm. And you talking about being a babe in Christ. Well, you don't think about that when, when when I was 27 years old. I was saved as a young boy, but I rededicated my life to the Lord and began to try to you know live right. When I was 27, I knew I knew I had to, and uh, I think back on it. And e- even at that time, as a babe, I wasn't worried about nobody but myself trying to get it right. But as you mature, you be. I feel like you become responsible for other people. Like, yeah. There ain't hardly a day goes by in the morning that I know that me and my wife both, and I know Heather has said, well, I've already prayed about it too. You know, I, I left my boys up and my daughter, my kids before God every day. Mm-hmm. And I say, God, I thank you that my children will serve you. I thank you that my children will live for you. I thank you that my great grand, my grandchildren will live for you. They'll serve you and go to heaven and my great grandchildren and so on. So as that's something that I've saw you do and I'm uh I'm getting older. You get you ain't gonna be here forever. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna be here forever. So I'm thinking I got to begin to believe God for stuff like that in my life also. And I think mm-hmm. that comes with maturity in the word because yeah. you never get to a place in God to where you don't have something else to overcome or something else to believe for. You think well, I got it made. Now all I have to do is get up and thank God every day and just go through life and ain't, ain't nothing. Else. But you, you, you take on more responsibility. God holds you accountable for more things as you grow older. And yeah, that uh, that makes me think of something that uh, I heard a preacher and he preached a message on it. But when he said it, I thought, Oh Lord, what's he talking about? I know what you're going. And uh, he <laughs> said, What's better than heaven? And worse than hell. I thought, wait a minute. There can't be nothing. Now, they might be, what can be worse than hell? And I said, there ain't nothing can be better than heaven. 
and I thought he he's out out of his mind. You I know, thought the same thing. And but uh, when he started preaching, sharing what he was sharing, I, I said, "Oh Lord, I see what he's talking." About. He said, "What would be worse than hell?" I mean, you think about, uh, the, you know, I know a lot of people said, "Well, hell is what you go through in this life." Well, some people may go through a rough life, mm -hmm. but you ain't been through nothing yeah. till you till go over. to hell. Right. If we believe that Jesus uh, is the truth, he's the way, the truth, and the life, and, uh, you know, he's the only way to heaven. And he spoke about hell more than he did heaven, mm -hmm. warning people about hell. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know... Uh, if you go to hell, you, you're in torment for eternity. Mm -hmm. Never, 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 never getting any relief. You tormented in a devil's hell forever and ever. And he was saying, uh, the preacher that was sharing this, he said, uh, you know, you, uh, you, there you're already in hell and being tormented. And said, then the devil come up laughing at you and say, uh, uh, "You didn't have to come here. You knew better. Mm -hmm. You was told, <laughs> but you didn't. You didn't receive it. Right. You didn't look. And and that what kind of torment would that be when you know you could have done better? And then on top of that, yeah, your son or your daughter comes up behind you and says." Daddy, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you warn us? I, this awful place. Why, why, why didn't you tell us? You, you, you could have told us. Well, that that would be worse than hell, you I, know. I know when I heard that message, that that thing really shook me that night. And uh, I think my daughter Savannah, she was probably three or four years old at that time. And at that time in my life, I was not living for God doing a lot of things I shouldn't be doing, you know. I, but uh, I remember it seemed like that message that I heard along with a couple other people that had said little things to me here and there. And Then there was a song a guy used to sing here at the church called What Sin? Mm -hmm. And he talked about in the song that, you know, when God forgives us our sin, he cast it in the sea of forgetfulness. Mm -hmm. Never to be remembered again. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even sit in church while he sang the song. I, I, it would get to hitting me so bad. I'd have to get up and walk out. I'd go to the parking lot, and I'd think, I ain't letting that bother me. I'll be all right. I just got where <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even. But now, yeah. today, I'm glad yeah. I sung the song. Yeah. I'm glad that you, you raised us like we were supposed to. And I, I thought right then, I... I'm responsible for my family now. Yeah. I, if if I don't do right, my daughter one day is going to say to me, why didn't you tell me right? Yeah. And then to finish that up with, what more joy would it give you to be standing in heaven and your children hugging you and crying with joy and saying, thank you, Daddy, for teaching us about Jesus. Yeah. And that's forever. That'd ever, be ever, ever. It'd be heaven and, just to be and, there. And it, it don't even make sense. <laughs> To, to not even think about how short this life is in mm -hmm. comparison to forever because, yeah. I mean, it, it's a blink of an eye to God mm -hmm. because once we get to heaven, it's forever, mm -hmm. forever, forever, yeah. forever. 
you and if you are the right example and you do what you're supposed to do and be the example you're supposed to be and it helps you get your children. I, I remember thinking, I got to do right now. I got yeah. children involved here. I, I will not have my children come to me one day and say, Dad, you did not teach us right. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I refuse to do and it. That's, yeah. that's something you, you touched on about our school systems and, and how hard our children have it now versus when we were in school. Um, You know, when we were in school, if a kid would have come dressed up like a cat, or a dog that wouldn't have lasted long. No, we'd have kicked his tail. It would have got his tail kicked. <laughs> you know, uh, not that that was right, right but made fun of him. Um, you see, our kids are having to deal with a whole different set of issues yeah, that we we've never dealt with. And Monday night, I was at a meeting with parents, uh, uh, Moms for Liberty, a great group of people. Uh, and you know they're they're a group of people that have got together and said, you know what, enough's enough. Right. And um, you know, I went to the school board meeting Tuesday night, and uh, a guy asked me. He said, uh, "Well, what are, what are you doing here?" He said, "Aren't both of your children graduated?" I said, "My natural children are." And he said, "Well, yeah. So why are you here at the school board meeting?" I said, because I'm a pastor of a church. And I said, spiritually speaking, I've got 30 children that this affects. Right. You see, I've counted the cost. I'm going to serve God, but I've also counted the cost that if we as Christians don't stand up for our children, start going to these meetings with uh, Moms of Liberty and going to school board meetings and things, if we don't stand up, nobody will. Yeah. And the next generation is going to have worse things to deal with than what this one does. If we don't do, something. if we don't stand up now, and I've counted the cost to the point that hey, I'm willing to go to jail. Right. You can lock me up for standing up for what's right. You won't keep me long because when I get into jail, I'm gonna start preaching again. But we as adults, it, you know, any any parent that's listening right now. And you think, well, my voice don't matter. Or if I'm serving God, I, I don't want to stand up like that. It's going, it may cause a problem. Now, if we don't stand up, it's going to cause a problem. Count the cost yeah. because you're running the risk of losing your child to this indoctrination, this LGBTQ, LMNP, QRSTUV, homosexuality. And it's so sneaky. That, I mean, mm-hmm. you, I, I've had people point stuff out to me, and I thought I've 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 read that or watched that a four or five times and didn't realize it. I mean, they sneak stuff in. Mm-hmm. I can remember watching a kid show one time. This has probably been ten years ago. I don't even remember the name of it, but my kids would watch it. You know, when mm-hmm. they were younger, it's probably been longer than that. Time flies. And I was sitting in the living room one day, and that show was on, and this bo- little young boy went to the door and he opened the door. Uh, he lived on a boat or a ship or something. I can't remember the name of it. But when, when he opened the door, that his buddy was standing there and he said, hey, this is my mom so-and-so and this is my other mom so-and-so. And they just walked on in and that was all that was said. And I was sitting there thinking, they just slipped back right in there. And if a kid is watching that and we don't teach them, mm-hmm. a kid would think, well, oh, he's got two mamas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's we had sneaky the way they one do. of the uh well one of the parents that go here 
uh, even in the middle school, had uh, their daughter come home in the seventh grade and ask their, had to ask their mom what is a pansexual. Mm-hmm. Seventh grade. Yeah. Because a, a child that was in the classroom went from being a female name to the next day having to be addressed as a male name. Yeah. You know, we we have got to we've got to count the cost. Yeah. We you, even like Bruce Jenner. I know we. I I mean, when I was a little boy, Bruce Jenner was the man. You mm-hmm. you wouldn't think about it now because of the idiot choices mm-hmm. made in life. And I mean, he was on the cover of the Wheaties box. Yeah, he was a try. I, I mean, ain't he, eating Wheaties he no could, more. He won everything in the Olympics. <laughs> he could outrun people. He could outjump people. He, he could do everything better than people. And now he thinks he's a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's like you said, you don't. It don't matter what he has cut off or or tucked up or what kind of makeup you want to wear. Yeah. When he stands before God, he's going to be called Bruce. Yeah, be judged <laughs> as a man. He's going to be judged yeah. as a man. Yeah. So. It, there, it, it don't even. It, it's just crazy what the world is trying to teach our kids that it's all right. And it's like you said, if people don't take a stand, especially parents, and uh, try to fight this thing, and I believe it is changing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, stuff don't happen like I want it to, and it's like yeah. I, I've heard my daddy say sometimes he would go to his dad, granddaddy, before he passed away, and talk to him about things at the church and. Granddaddy'd listen to him, and he'd say, "Well, if I was the Lord, I'd be kicking tail and taking names." <laughs> I remember you saying, "Well, it's probably a good thing you ain't God." So, yeah. with some of the crazy, yeah. idiotic stuff that goes on in life, the the it's a good thing I ain't God, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it, it's it's so crazy what they try to get our kids to believe is normal now. Yeah. If if and like I said, I believe that people are awakened by what's going on and i believe with all my heart uh, and i know it hadn't happened like i thought i believe god is helping change things I believe and so, we're yeah. gonna see stuff reversed and we're gonna have a good end time far greater than we could imagine yeah you know uh talking about it does cost something mm-hmm. to live your life for jesus mm-hmm. you have to be willing like we've said, to deny yourself, your own ambition, to be able to be obedient to God, what God tells you to do. Uh, You know, Jesus said, uh, you know, he started the work that his father had called me to do, and then he said, I have finished the work. It's finished. You know, it's it's a good thing to start, but it's better when you can say, I finished. Yeah. I fin I done what God told me to do. Yeah. You know, and we don't have to regret. But living for God pay it costs something, but yet it pays. I yeah. mean, because the Bible says in the book of Psalms that uh you know, a faithful man abounds with blessing. Right. There's blessings that go along with serving God. Yeah. Yeah, it costs you something. Something you you have to deny yourself. You have to give up, uh, you know. But like I said, I never really gave up anything I wasn't sick of anyway. Right. But uh, in Psalms 103, verse 1, it said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. 
Mm-hmm. There's benefits to serving right. God. That's right. And God's the one that says, don't forget. Yeah. He wants us to remember, hey, yeah, you live me. for me. There's benefits. You're going you're gonna to be blessed. You're going to have peace where others are struggling to make it through the day thinking about suicide and everything else because they, you know, their world to them is falling apart and they have no hope. The, end, uh, the Bible talks about uh, being in this world without hope and without God, mm-hmm. you know. But you can have peace right in the middle of the storm, right. yeah. you know, irregardless of all the bad things that, that's going on in the world. Uh, we, we have, we're in a fight, and we have to fight the good fight of faith, as the Apostle Paul said. And, you know, we, ha- we have to uh, contend for the faith and, uh, you know, stand up and, you know, tell people, you know, about Jesus, irregardless of what it costs us. It'll pay in the long, in the run. long run. And, you know, to have peace. I know, I know uh, I've heard stories about billionaires that could buy anything that money could afford. And yet they said, out of their own mouth, I would give every dime I own for five minutes of peace. You know, people in this world, they they may try to act like, oh, they got it all together and everything. But I'm telling you, if you don't know Jesus, you ain't got it together. And it's, it's hard even when you know Christ. But we have somebody that we can go to in the time of need, knowing that he loves us, knowing that he cares for us, and that if we will trust him, he will bring us through these things. Mm-hmm. He said in the gospel, in this world, Jesus said, you will have tribulation, troubles and trial. But he said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Right. And we can overcome through him. Yeah. And so we want, you know, to, you know, we're talking about it cost us to serve God. And yes, it does. It does. But yet at the same time, we want you to know in the end it pays. That's right. Oh, I tell you, it pays. Yep. The blessings of God on your life to have peace and joy and happiness and contentment and having your needs met and to know that Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, uh, is, have we got time to if pray? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just feel like maybe there's somebody watching tonight uh, that maybe you feel like you've been a failure in life. We've all been there. It, you know, you're not by yourself. You're not alone. We've all been in that place where we felt like we failed. We're at the end of our rope. We don't know which way to go. And, uh, you know, some many people have thought, uh, you know, I'd be better off dead. No, you're better off to be alive in Christ. Right. And uh, you, you say, well, I've, I've missed it so terribly with my children. <laughs> well, you can still, there's still hope. You can yeah. change that. You can begin to pray and intercede on behalf of your children. I uh, know that, uh, you know, and I still make that confession. I've been doing it for almost 50 years, and I've never changed my confession. My children will serve God. My grandchildren will serve God. 
my great-grandchildren will serve God. Yep. You know, the Bible said that God will visit the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation, but to the righteous, <laughs> to the man that knows God, yep. his generation will go to a thousand years. Yep. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so, you know, there's hope. It doesn't make any difference how miserable you failed it, how bad you missed it. There's hope for you in right. Christ. I'd like to pray for you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for your children. I, you know, my children are grown, uh, you know, and I've got great grandchildren. But I love children, and we can't fail them. We can't let them down. We can't neglect them. We can't disappoint them. We we've got to show them that there is a reality in serving the true living God, and his name is Jesus. Yep. But right now, right there where you are, let's pray. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Father, that you loved us so much that you gave us the very best gift that heaven had to offer, and that was the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. And he was willing. He said, no man takes my life but I lay it down freely. And if I lay it down, I have the authority or the power to take it up again. And on the third day, we know that he rose again from the dead. And in Revelations chapter 1 and verse 18, he said, I am he that liveth and was dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and of death. So right now, you may feel like you are a failure, but listen, God loves you just like you are. In spite of all your failures, in spite of all your mistakes, God loves you. He cares for you. He wants to save you. He wants to help you. He wants to bless your children. He wants to save your children. And we claim not only forgiveness for you as you pray right there, asking God to forgive you, it's so simple. We, uh, there's only all we can do is just say, Jesus, forgive me. I have failed. And the Bible says that he's faithful and he's just. That means he's right to forgive you and to cleanse all of your sin. Mm -hmm. And that's all, that's all we can do about it is trust, trust him. Trust his mercy. Trust his forgiveness. Trust his promise that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And we thank you, Father, for our children. We claim our children for the kingdom of God. Yep. And we serve notice on the devil that he's not going to drag our children into hell because of alcohol, because of drugs, because of fentanyl and all this junk that the devil is putting out there. Wicked men and women are peddling this stuff. They're, they're not going to be taken by the hand of the enemy. And God, we bind the work of the adversary against our children. And this Halloween coming up, we claim peace and safety over the children of our community. Mm -hmm. Devil, you're not going to kill them. You're not going to take their lives with this fentanyl and these masks that uh, have the fentanyl chemicals put in it to kill children. We, we claim victory over that in the name of Jesus. 
and through the power of his shed blood. And Father, anybody right now that don't feel that they have that peace and assurance in their heart and in their life, right now, you visit them right where they are. Let your presence flow into their homes, into their life, wherever they are, Father God. Speak to their heart. Lift them up. Lift them out of that place of discouragement and disappointment and give them hope and let them know that there is a true and living God that loves them and cares for them. And we love them and care for them. And we thank you for giving them peace in the mighty name of Jesus. And in agreement, we said, amen, amen. and amen. amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, listen, guys, I hope what we've shared tonight has blessed you. Uh, I hope it's encouraged you. But listen, sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you could ever afford to pay. So the cost of serving God don't sound too bad after all. I believe next week, since we talked about the cost, we'll pick up on Psalms 103 verse 2 and talk about the benefits of serving God. Remember, like and share the video. That's your way of preaching the gospel. Just share it on your page. And until next week, we pray the favor of God be on your life. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. God bless.